Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Hey, thank you very much for downloading Ultimate Couch fans. Uh, this is a very kind of different show this week. I'm actually on holiday in Australia. Brian is in some flesh pot. Um, pretend to commentate for some Russian organization. Um, this is our chat we taped last week with Paul Malinaji. I'm a massive fan of his, and uh, obviously he's right in it right now. Uh, well, when we recorded this last week, he was still in Conor McGregor's training camp, and then obviously he quit, which you probably heard about why. If not, go online, you'll find out why. So the audio quality isn't great for this because he's on the phone and half asleep. And also, I made a massive cock-up. I kind of woke him up um, uh, a couple of hours before we were meant to speak because I'm an idiot. So sorry if this isn't the best quality, um, but I, he does say some really interesting things because he's the best boxing analyst in the world and a former two-time world champion. Um, so I hope you can still enjoy it anyway. We are going to be back in two weeks' time um, and hopefully we'll do something ahead of the Connor fight as well. Uh, but anyway, here is today's chat with Paul Malinaji, who sounds really pissed off and tired. All right, so uh, with us now then is uh, Paul Malinaji, uh, the man who uh, not only is the best uh, boxing analyst in the world right now, two-time former world champion, but also uh, he's in the eye of the storm, sparring with McGregor as well. So there's no one better in the world right now uh, to talk about how he thinks the fight is going to go. Uh, so, Paul, thank you very much for chatting to us. Thanks. It's my pleasure, man. Thank you. And uh, so now that you've seen, you've been in the camp, and I know you want to don't talk too much about everything you've seen, but how do you think the fight is going to go? Has it changed you seeing and sparring with McGregor? Has that changed how you think the fight might go? Well, listen, I mean, I think you still have to figure Floyd Mayweather in the fight. Um, I think he's the guy who's the bonafide uh, class guy in boxing right now, you know. Um McGregor's coming in as the underdog, obviously, but I wouldn't say anything's changed. I wouldn't say you'd suddenly start to favor McGregor, but what I would say is that, you know, I think you've probably seen some headlines in the recent days that McGregor's are my respect. What I meant when I said that was basically I see how hard he's working every single day in the gym. I see how hard he's working every single day during these workouts, and I can't do anything but respect that. You know, uh, he's putting in all the hard work. It's not going to be a fundamental performance by Connor. I don't think he can be if he's going to be successful. I think his awkwardness, his rough stuff that he does, and the combination of everything and how he wants to be aggressive or not aggressive, it's up to him. I think if he, the combination of all those things can spell some moments of success. And, of course, when a guy punches like McGregor, a moment of success maybe can end the fight. So, so you kind of have to look for little building blocks. You can't just outright say okay, the opinion, the, the perception has changed. Uh, he now should, should win the fight because it's not quite that simple uh, to just make McGregor the favorite or to pick him in this fight. So there's a lot of variables that have to come into play, but Connor's working in the gym to hope that those variables do come into play and he can have some sort of advantages 
And what about stuff like footwork for boxing is very different to MMA because obviously in MMA you're coming from a stance where you need to throw kicks and you need to stop a takedown. And obviously Connor very quickly in a relatively short space of time has got to make that footwork, that transition work for him. How much do you think that's going to be a factor? Yeah, I think it is going to be a factor, you know, to a degree. But it's not going to be the fundamental performance on Connor with top footwork and all that stuff. He is a fighter, but he's not a boxer, so his footwork is a little bit different, as you mentioned. Um, it, the awkwardness can work for him if he knows how to use it correctly, you know, and that's what he's working on in camp, really. The fundamental footwork is not going to be there for a proper boxer, but what you're going to have is some sort of footwork and some sort of angle that he's working on, and a different device point, like I said, rough stuff, maybe not rough stuff, all that kind of stuff, all that, all those kind of things to kind of you know, mix in and, and vary the attack in different ways. But certainly footwork is one of them. But it's not your basic footwork, of course. And do you think, you know, Mayweather has been against people that have tried to be awkward before. Do you really think that Connor can do something that um, Mayweather is going to struggle in the early rounds to try and read and adjust to? Well, I, I'd say that I'd say the awkwardness definitely buys you some time, you know, as a, as a boxer tries to figure you out before he tries to pounce on you. Um, then to say that awkwardness is just uh, there's only one certain kind of awkwardness because you can't say all oh, boxers trying to be awkward with Mayweather and it hasn't worked because being awkward means that there's a million ways of being awkward. You know, one guy may be awkward in some ways, another guy may be awkward in some other ways. You know, the de- the definition of awkward is not one definition. You know, it, it's many different styles, many different things. So I think when a guy is awkward. It means he has his own unique brand of fighting, his own unique style of fighting. Another guy that's awkward may have his own unique set of style of fighting. You know, that's what awkwardness is. It's something you don't see other guys having. You know, but it's not. There's no one particular way to be awkward. It's a very generalized term. What do you think the, the standard traditional boxing journalists at the moment are saying that this is a mismatch? It's going to be a non-fight. How do you feel about that? Well, I mean, I think you favor Floyd Mayweather. I think you favor Floyd in in um you know, all for all the things he stands for and whatnot. But, you know, then you put in a couple of other random things. He hasn't fought in two years. Um, he's 40 years old. Uh, you know, you don't know how you come back off a long layoff. You tend to tend to see some rust, especially even for a guy in his prime, let alone a guy who's not in his prime. Um, you know, you, you, you throw in certain factors. And, like I said, you, you try to figure out moments where Connor can have certain moments in the fight, certain spots in the fight. And it's if that can be the case, maybe certain small moments can turn into bigger moments. That's up to him. That's up to how he plays those moments if he even achieves them. Uh, Paulie, it's Brian Lacey here as well. Firstly, thank you for, for joining us on the podcast. Uh, uh, there's, some, there's an argument for MMA fans, which doesn't seem to stand much weight when you're talking to boxing fans, which is the argument, it's Conor McGregor. There's things that he's done in our sport that make him different to any other athlete we've ever had. And sometimes just seeing him, the aura about him, his confidence, all that sort of stuff, um, it doesn't seem like a logical argument, but this man makes special things happen, which is why we're so excited about seeing this fight and seeing if he can make some of those moments successful. You've been face-to-face with him. You've been part of his camp. What have you felt about not just him as a, a fighter, but as a person, that belief? Um, yeah, I, I feel like he certainly believes he's going to win the fight. I don't think he's doing this just for the payday, you know. At first, I thought he was just doing it for the payday. But no, he's all, he's all business in camp. He's uh, he's working very hard in camp. And I've seen that myself. So I, I, I wouldn't say he doesn't believe it in himself. You know, he definitely believes in himself, just like he's always believed in himself to achieve the things he's achieved in the past. Now, 
you know, he's not God. There's going to be moments where probably what Stephen Conner himself is not going to be able to achieve. I mean, he, he lost an ADS fight, you know, so it's not like everything this guy touches turns to gold. But having said that, he has experience in overcoming odds. And because he has experience in overcoming odds, he will always have that self-belief that he can do it again and again and again. That's part of having a winning mentality, and Conor certainly is a winner in life. So he's, going to, he's bringing that to his training camp, and he's going to bring that on fight night. Does it guarantee him that he's going to win? No, it doesn't guarantee him anything. It just guarantees him that if he shows up on fight night, he gets uh, a, 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 the biggest payday of his life. But on fight night, the, the way he executes his plan and the, the proper decision-making in the fight, that will make the difference in terms of whether he's going to win or not. And most importantly, whether he's even good enough to win. You know, So, so there's, a, there, there's, there's a lot of variables, you know, as I said before, but as far as the self-belief he has, uh, absolutely. You know, I, I think he's, he's, he's believing it. And he's work. You can tell by his work ethic that he believes it. Because a guy who didn't believe it as much as he does wouldn't be working like he's doing in camp. As somebody you said, because sometimes it's the glancing shots that aren't those big 100% haymakers that actually knock people out. In, in this country, we had Joe Calzaghe. He was a brilliant world champion. And people used to say he used to slap people a lot, but he was a fantastic um, a, a fantastic fighter that used to do a lot of damage from not going 100% with every shot because his precision and his placement was so good. Yeah, of course. You know, you're, uh, But you've got to be able to put those together. You know, I think with Joe Calzaghe, it was the... Uh, with a number of blows that would have been, you know, if, if, even if somebody's just slapping you for 36 minutes straight, this slaps will leave marks, they will start to hurt. They'll have you met my wife? You, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only playing. <laughs> I've got, got a question for you because uh, we're, we're talking about the, the technique and the fundamentals and all this, but let's let's get to the bones of it. How, how many rounds have, have you sparred with him or, or how often are they using you actually in the camp? Well, we sparred eight rounds uh, a couple weeks ago. Um, then I was in New York last week because I had to go to work for a Showtime broadcast for the Bone of Garcia fight. Yeah, of course. So I just returned to Las Vegas yesterday, and um, we're set to box today, later today, so we'll see. Do you have the scorecards for those eight rounds? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. well, let's just say there's no love lost between me and Connor. I'm, I'm here in a training camp. I'm here to spar, but uh, we're not exactly our best friends. No, that's interesting indeed because those comments came out. And uh, uh, is, what's it like being part of the camp as well? Is, is has he got many other spa partners coming in? Is is it you and maybe one or two other? Yeah, there's a couple other guys. There's an amateur kid, uh, Tiernan, uh, I think Blessings Bradley, Tiernan Bradley, the Irish kid, and then there's uh, Deshaun Johnson, who's a, a fighter here from the yeah. US. He's a more type fighter. Who's fought a lot of good fighters, um, and myself. And then there's a mixed martial artist here that I saw yesterday. Uh, a couple of mixed martial artists that he's using for sparring. Um, <clears throat> one guy's name is Franz, and one guy's name is Artem. Uh, Artem Lobov, yeah. Uh, yeah, they're good friends, training partners. They are, they are here. What do you think is Connor's best chance of producing the biggest upset in sport? Do you think it's in the early couple of rounds when Mayweather is trying to just sort of get him sussed and work out how he's going to make the adjustments to take control later in the fight? Do you think it's in the early rounds? Well, I think the early rounds are definitely important to, for Connor to... Uh, at his respect level to where he needs to be respected. But I also think that later in the fight, if he's gotten energy and if Mayweather has not broken him down, and Mayweather has not been as successful as he intended to be, later in the fight, the 40-year-old Mayweather, you know, you never know, maybe have, may have some tired old legs and may not be as reactive as he wants to be. So I think the early part of the fight is important in order to get the respect level. But also if Connor can make it to the end, end part of the fight and have had some success early on in the fight, where Floyd may be a little bit tired or fatigued or just feeling old in general, he's also got a shot late in the fight as well. So I wouldn't just 
created a scenario where Conoco only went early on because I think there's very various scenarios and different scenarios to where you know you can see things happening in different parts. If if he is in fact going to win, because again, there is yeah, again makes Floyd the favorite. This is his sport, this is his domain. Um, these are if situations. Now, if Conor is going to be successful, I don't think you just can limit it to him being successful early on. I don't think his game plan can be that way either because. Fight is four rounds. And what if he, if he intended to knock him out of four rounds and then the fight in round seven? He still has to be trying to win the fight in round seven. Well, just the last couple of questions, then we'll let you go. Um, do you, a lot of people saying that this makes boxing look bad, the fact that it was even granted a license and he's been able to do this. Do you agree with that? There's a lot of pessimistic people in life. I think, uh, <laughs> I think this, this, this gets the most eyes on the sport of boxing that yeah. I've ever had. Um, uh, between social media and then just the, the technology we have today, everyone is talking about this fight. The entire world is in is awaiting this this unbelievable event. I call it an event because it may or may not live up to the hype of the fight, but it's an event, and everyone's talking about this as an event. And I think uh, that's never a bad thing when people have this many eyes on our sports and if it's an event. Let's talk about this as a moment for you as well because we, we, we Conor McGregor's got this famous statement when, whenever anyone fights him they call it red panty night because they make a fortune they get more spotlight than ever. Uh, you, you've come out pretty well on this. I mean you've been embraced by the, uh, the, uh, the, the, the MMA fans as well as the boxing fans uh, as far as w- what you've brought to the analysis the, the, uh, the whole um, the world tour that went on. What's it been like for you being part of this? Yeah, I think, uh, like Chris mentioned, uh, uh, this is part of the reason why I think it's good for the sport of boxing because I think you'll have fans from both sets of fighting of combat sports, both fans from mixed martial arts getting to understand boxing a little bit and both, and also fans from boxing getting to understand the mixed martial arts world a little bit as well. So I think uh, it's kind of been the same for me. You know, I've, I've, I've uh, attracted a lot of mixed martial arts fans over to my social media and uh, increased followers and whatnot, and I think you know, there's, I think it, it, it's almost like one side gets to see how the other side lives for now, you know, and uh, you know, I think there's hopefully in the end there's a mutual respect for both uh, for both sides. As someone who enjoyed your fighting career, I always thought you had a uh, really pure fighter, very uh, high fight IQ, and that's now translated to uh, why you're such a great analyst. I'm always curious to know. Always wanted to ask you this: Who was the who hit you the hardest? Um, Miguel Cotto was the hardest puncher I ever fought. He was a, a very big puncher. Uh, and he certainly took the cake as far as the hardest puncher I ever fought. Uh, the hardest puncher I've ever been hit in sparring is uh, Amir Imam. He's a, he's a Don King fighter, so unfortunately you don't hear a lot about him, but he's a very good fighter out of yeah. Florida. And, uh, you know, he's got a lot of knockouts on his record. He's a young kid still. He still has time to make a good career for himself if, if they get him moving. But like I said, a lot of times, like I said before, a lot of times it's politics and the connections you have or the lack of connections you have. I really decide where you go in life. So uh, hopefully Amir Mom gets a, a chance to prove himself because, like I said, in sparring, he's the hardest guy ever, that's ever hit me, and he's just a 140-pound just fighter. Wow. Who do you think is the number one boxer in the world right now? Do you think it's Lomachenko? Um, I think it comes down to Lomachenko, Mikey Garcia, and also uh, Terrence Crawford. Uh, I think Errol Spence is making his way up the ladder and will certainly be in the conversation soon. I think... Uh, what are those three guys right now, Garcia, uh, Lomachenko, and Crawford? I think those guys are amazing talents in their own little, in their own style, and they 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 don't exactly fight the same. They actually kind of have three different fighting styles, yeah. which is amazing that they're not really so successful in all within their own styles. But I think uh, I think right now, 
those three uh, top guys. And you also had Andre Ward. He's, uh, you know, yep. people don't like to mention him a lot of times. A lot of times he gets a lot of hate. But Andre Ward has beaten all comers, taken on all comers and beaten all comers. I mean, even despite a layoff that he had, just like Mike Garcia had a long layoff, he comes back and he's been able to be successful topping topping the charts. So I think uh, I think probably we put Ward number one, but all those other guys are like, I don't even think, I don't even think you can put them at, at at number two, you put them at like one A, one B, one C, one D, one E. You know? Yeah, they're, they're just so talented. Yeah, okay, we'll leave it there. Well, listen, uh, enjoy the sparring, and uh, we look forward to hearing your work, calling the fight, and doing the analysis for it. It is the uh, biggest fight ever for us fight fans. Thank you very much for chatting to us, Paul. Thanks, Chris. I appreciate it. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.